You're listening to the Sourced Property Podcast with Stephen Moss and Chris Kirkwood. Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. My name is Chris Kirkwood and I'm here with Stephen Moss. Hello. And this is the Source Property Podcast. So let's get straight into the news. This week, we've seen that um, there's been a report saying that Scotland and the Midlands lead the prime property growth in Britain year on year, which traditionally, the south and the southeast has been the area of prime growth. So obviously, we're seeing the south and the southeast slow down and that the, the growth really filter across the UK. So... Steve, what do you think about that? It's really interesting. I think, um, as you said, predominantly it's been led by the South, hasn't it, um, over the past probably decade. Particularly, I'd say the change has been the last 12 months where we've seen Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds grow. Um, But it's quite interesting, not just to see this report, but I know we met up with a property sourcer and trader in uh, the Midlands uh, last week and uh, he was very much mirroring what these guys are uh, saying in the report in terms of the growth and how many views was it he said on average that they're getting to properties, investment properties? It was crazy, wasn't it? 30, 40 views? 30 or 40 people turning up to view a property. That's, that's, you know, that's the good old days there, isn't, really, isn't it? Um, but it, it again confirms what they're saying in this report, that the strength there, the growth there. Uh, and speaking to our guys in Scotland as well, I mean, that they're very much of the opinion that uh, there's high demand for investment property. Uh, the rental demand is very, very strong, particularly if you look at Edinburgh. Uh, one of the key things in Edinburgh is the serviced accommodation, the strength of that. It's it's probably the highest city, perhaps behind London, but certainly up there for demand for serviced accommodation, and that's driving prices uh, and growth there as well. And so we think differently. So instead of looking at this as, you know, it's harder, there's more people turning up to, to viewings, it's going to become more difficult. How can we look at this as an opportunity? What have the people perhaps in London and the South East been doing over the last decade that now the Midlands and Scotland need to adapt in order to make the most out of this opportunity that they've got? Yeah, it's, it's very easy, isn't it, to simply turn around straight away and say there's too much competition, there's too many people at the properties, etc. It's about having that edge, it's about having the focus, the mindset and and uh, pushing yourself, doing the extra hours, doing the, the extra networking events, and putting yourself at the, at the top of the tree, uh, building relationships with the investors, or if you're investing yourself, putting the time into finding these opportunities, because you know identifying locations like this, there's reasons behind these growths, and you've got to find out what the reasons are, and then obviously adapt your uh, strategy to work with them. Great, thanks Steve. Okay, now on to the main subject of the podcast. So last week, we talked about uh, below market value property and purchasing property uh, for no money down in order to maximise your return. So I thought this week, it would be a good idea to flip that around and look at adding value to property. So perhaps you're in a market, and like we just talked about in the news, where the market's incredibly competitive, but there are still ways of making money out of property. So let's look at ways that you can buy a property close to the market valuation, but still add value. So are you ready? I am ready. This, okay. is, actually, this is actually one of my favorite subjects because this to me is what property investing is all about, particularly either if you're an investor or a property source, it's about adding value to property. Okay, so we've, um, we've brainstormed a list of 10 or 11 different ways that we've thought of that we can add value. So let's just work down that list and explain how they apply to, to purchasing a property and how, they, how you can add value. So let's go with the first one. So the first one, I'm sure you all know, is a refurb. 
Yeah, it's, it's probably the most common one, isn't it, in terms of you take a property that is either tired or need of, and I suppose really when you look at a refurb, there are two types, there's a light refurb and a full refurb. Um, light refurb, typically what, decoration, maybe a change of uh, uh, one particular room, either kitchen or bathroom, then you've got the full refurb, which is typically you rewire central heating, maybe windows and right the way through. That's probably the most common one, and it's one that investors look for quite often because they can see an immediate uplift in the value of the property so they can see their profit margin straight away. Certainly, you know, one of the most popular types of way that people like to add value to property is through some form of refurb. And some people out there as well have mastered it in terms of they can take a, a property that's just a standard, normal family home property, refurb it in such a way that it's more sort of decoration and, and selling the lifestyle of the property that adds value. So it's quite, quite a unique way of uh, doing a refurb. Are you talking about croissants and coffee? On a, on a tray, on the bed, exactly. when a photographer comes round. Exactly, yeah, you know, a bit of toilet duck, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> all, the, all the classy points that you need to make sure you uh, you get that extra value in the property. And I think with the refurb, like you said, there's there's a lot of scope on a refurb. Like, you, you hear about estate agents asking people to spruce up their, their property, especially the front garden, for when that front shot is taken and it's then put onto the property portal online. Because the estate agents know that that first shot is going to get more uh, more viewings, more interest through them, and therefore make it more uh, more appealing. So um, yeah, you're right. There's a complete scope, and then we go into the full refurb. When you're thinking about a full refurb, when you're buying a property for market price, do you still think there's a lot of scope to make money out of that? You know, does that does that full refurb and the cost of it still provide a lot of uplift in the value in your experience? Yeah, I think quite a lot of areas it's getting tougher because. What you generally find with um, builders, as a great example, is builders have, over the last probably five years, um, have got more switched on in terms of what they've done is rather than working for an investor and generating a, a wage and a, an income from it, they've actually started to do the property themselves and, and generating the, the income from that. And what that means is they can actually work to tighter margins because they're the ones that are doing the work, which means that as an investor, it, it can be harder to get these types of properties because you're competing against people that can work on the tighter margins. I think that's reflected quite a lot in particularly auctions. When you go to auctions, there are quite often people that will do the works themselves, be able to work to the tighter margins so they can offer more money um, and be in a better position. Also as well, going back to one point you just mentioned, Chris, which I think is a good point, um, just to highlight to any of our investors that are listening that are looking to sell properties, about uh, 18 months ago, I was working with uh, a group. One of the guys was from Rightmove. And one of the interesting things they told me was when you um, sell a property and you're putting images up on the online, particularly agents on the likes of Rightmove, if you use an internal image, something that's going to grab people, it gets something like seven times more inquiries. And that's because obviously if you look through Rightmove and you just see in the front of houses, etc., etc., and then suddenly one stands out with the image of an internal, it's going to capture more people and get them to click through and request details. So, a little tip there, hidden inside as well for you. We should have used that as the top, as the top tip at the end. You've Sorry. given, you've given oh, away nuggets. There you go, there you go. So, let's quickly move down before Steve gives away any other top tips. Uh, onto the second one, which, depending on which generation you're from, you might call it either a conservatory, or perhaps if you're a little bit more modern, an orangery. Not greenhouse, no? Not a great, oh, probably we not. moved on from that, yeah, okay. I think this one, for me, does it add much value? I don't think it does hugely. I think you've got to be careful in terms of what's your end audience. If you're looking to add value and looking to sell a property, if it's a big family home, then yeah, will a conservatory add value to that family home? And, and it's just weighing it up really in terms of 
your end audience who's going to buy the property and what sort of life they want to live selling that dream to them so would you consider this to be more of a strategy to help sell the house but actually without uplifting the value of it so it might make it more saleable but not actually put extra money in your pocket I think it will increase the value, but then the argument is, does it increase it a lot more than what you've spent on the conservatory or orangery? That's that's the kind of argument. And the, again, there are different types. You know, Sometimes you see conversions, cottages, barn conversions with orangeries on that definitely increase the value because they're quite unique and fit the house really well. But a typical family home, if you're refurbishing and, and add a conservatory, you're not going to add huge value on. But as you said, you're going to make it more saleable. So number three on the list, we're going to go to a garage conversion. Yeah, I think well, it's funny actually you mentioned that one of our investors has actually just recently, he's bought a block of uh, or single apartments. He's bought five of them. So they're apartments with uh, garages underneath. This is in Warrington. And what he's done is he's converted those garages to studios. Okay. So planning permission has gone through. And I know there's a news article very recently about other people doing this around the country. And what a fantastic use of that garage. You know, typically if you add a garage to a property, it can have between five and ten thousand pounds. Obviously, in London, it's going to be more, depending on what the the parking situation is like or any sort of city centre. But if you're able to convert it into a studio, then what a fantastic uplift in value! Do you know any of the um, financials for that? Um, no, I, I know obviously from the garage equated for about five thousand pounds worth of the value of the property. So in effect, he bought a plot of land for five thousand pounds. Now it already had the walls in place. They may have had to be, you know, second brick course put in place for the fact it was converted into a studio i'm not 100 sure on that but you know certainly a huge uplift in, in value when he converted it i think the end value of the studio was about seventy-five thousand pounds okay I mean, wow to convert it probably what twenty-five thousand, something like that, thirty thousand tops amazing that's uh, that's a great profit margin so another thing that you need to be careful of when you're converting garages and this is this is very true of a, a couple of properties that i've just been looking at um earlier this week is that you need to be careful of covenants imposed by developers on this is typically on housing estates but i guess they can they can occur anywhere and the covenant could say that you are not allowed to convert the garage that the garage has to be left as it is now if you still wanted to go ahead with that garage conversion you could however you would need to get the covenant lifted which can be incredibly laborious and it's obviously going to cost you money and you've got no guarantee that you will get the covenant lifted at the at the end of it as well so if you're thinking of buying a property that has a garage and already thinking about converting that garage then it's something that you definitely need to take into consideration and your solicitor should obviously find out if there's any covenant on the garage but it's something that's worth checking one of the things uh, i watched the webinar last night for uh a uh, funding opportunity and they were actually looked at it was a new building they were showing you site plans um, and the site plans had changed in terms of they've gone from four bed detached houses with garages so they converted the garages to an additional room and one of the comments they made was that obviously people generally don't use the garages for cars anymore mm. they'd rather have it as living space so I think that's something as well to keep in mind if it's an opportunity to, to expand that, that living space as long as there's parking with the property and I don't think you'll see a decrease in value if you convert that so sticking with the conversion theme, let's move on to loft conversions. Yeah, loft conversion is a very, very good way of adding value, you know, increasing the saleability, I suppose, because people often like the, the fact that it's a loft conversion because you've got a bit more feature in the room quite often. And, and it obviously, we, it depends heavily on the property in terms of if you're able to do that, the, the roof space. You've got to make sure that you're maximising 
as much of it as you can and uh, it's something definitely worth looking at when you're viewing a property to stick your head in the loft i know quite a lot of time investors don't like to do that or it can be a little bit awkward actually getting access to the loft but it's definitely worth looking at to see what sort of space is up there what sort of opportunities there as well there are again hoops that you need to jump through when you're doing a loft conversion aren't there in terms of getting it signed off by building regs and you might have seen on right move that um people are converted a loft and it's just called an attic room or it's not classed as a separate bedroom and in most of the cases that seems to be because they haven't got it signed off by building regs to actually classify that as a bedroom now i know there's the ceiling height issues is it 1.5 meters anything above 1.5 meters can be classed as as floor space is that correct yeah that's right yeah and, and something obviously the title of this podcast is ways to add value to the property that's a really good good point because some people will go to the extent of converting the room they'll add stairs they'll add the correct flooring etc or a looks window but they won't go down the route of the building regulations and when it comes to selling the property it's not going to add a huge amount of value on because it's not you know when a surveyor comes out to value it they won't class that as anything to add value so keep that in mind if it is something you're going to do and particularly in london as well a lot of people in london property investors and traders will find properties where uh, they can simply add uh, a loft conversion or convert the loft and that instantly adds you know, quite a lot of value to the property for them to resell straight away. Okay, conversion number three, although I have a feeling this is gonna be a little bit more pricey, it's a seller conversion. Yeah, seller conversion. It's amazing the amount of investors that I've been viewing on and seeing properties with, and they'll go into the seller straight away and they'll say, oh, it's too, uh, it's, it's too shallow, it's not tall enough to convert. Yet there are ways around things. You know, The key thing is that you can dig down you need to check the uh, the size of the footings for the property but let's be honest most properties that have sellers are older properties and have substantial footings typically so if you are a couple of inches away from the required height then look at opportunities in terms of digging down it is a little bit more expensive because you're removing the earth but it's a great way to utilize the space it's a great way to uh, to maximize it and obviously add value to the property it seems like any part of that is going to be expensive. Even the digging down or uh, even the investigating your footings, that is going to involve something that's going to dig into earth still, isn't it? There's no way of doing that electronically, is there? Or taking a survey by uh, the kind of equipment that they use on Time Team. Yeah, if only it was that simple. We could get Tony down to do the uh, <laughs> to do the seller conversion. Well, he's not fantastic. very tall, is he? So it doesn't matter the head height, he'll fit down there. Yeah, but we'd be worrying what he might find. If he starts digging out bones, then everything will be on hold. No, exactly. Uh, the other thing as well, a lot of people don't consider about with sellers are you've got to make sure you're looking at the light angles where you can get light into the rooms secondly as well is tanking so tanking is when you're setting the room up to make sure that there are no flooding or damp issues as such and that can be quite expensive but again it's a great way to add value to a property by converting the sellers another really good way with the seller and we've done this with a number of properties we've converted into apartments is we haven't converted them into actual rooms but we've converted them into storage space so almost like mini garages for each apartment and that's added value onto each apartment just by putting separate walls in there, a door with each apartment number on, and we're able to add another five, ten thousand pounds onto the price of each apartment. Brilliant. So number six on the list, can you believe we've got all of this way and it's um it's only number six is a standard extension. So I guess all the other ones that we've looked at so far have all been about converting and maximizing the space that already exists. But the extension obviously is going to be adding additional floor square meterage. So extensions any tips yes i think the key thing with the extensions is quite often we look at extensions so a, a good example of one that we've done recently we had a property that was already built we were converting it into apartments 
and by adding a double story extension on the back we were able to extend some of the apartments and that's quite can, can quite often be a barrier or an area that investors trip up on because they'll think great we'll make the apartments bigger we'll be able to get a bit more value on it um, but what it actually does is when you look at the cost of an extension uh, compared to just a slight increase in value it's not worth it unless you're getting an additional apartment or additional house or something out of the extension rather than just making certain rooms a little bit bigger so you just got to make sure you weigh it up correctly particularly you know the, the expensive part with the extension obviously the footings so that's when the costs start to creep up and creep up so it is a great way to add value it's a great way to change the look of properties and increase their uh, the value and, and saleability i suppose but just be aware of obviously what the regulations are etc as well and talking about the regulations a couple of years ago the permitted development right so the the maximum size you can go to with an extension um were relaxed a little weren't they and they you were allowed to build a little bit bigger without having to apply for planning permission obviously you need to check it out in your local area to find out what exactly that is but then moving on to planning permission if you find out that you do need to apply for planning permission that alone can be a good strategy to add value to a property right yeah exactly yeah i mean quite commonly it's known as what property gain uh, sorry planning gain so planning gain is something that yeah people will go ahead they'll go to the cost and the time to get planning either for an extension or planning for a new build or conversion on a property they'll have an uplift in value based on the planning being accepted and they'll sell it with that uplift so it's a great strategy again to add value to a property and quite often as well we see people that will they'll agree let's say a plot of land as an example with no planning permission they'll agree to purchase the plot of land they'll either exchange or get an option agreement in place with the seller they'll then pay for the planning get the planning they'll have an increase in the value of the land once it has the planning and sell it straight on for that profit margin which when you put it like that and you, you think that the person that's going to buy it is then going to have to go all through all of that development in order to make their margin is a far, far easier way of securing the margin that you're going to create from just going through that simple, very sort of straightforward bureaucratic process. I think a lot of property investors, it's about uh, what gets you excited. It's about what you enjoy because some people don't enjoy the planning side of things, but they love the development and love to build. Some people are opposite. Some people don't like to rent properties but they love to break them down split them it's all about what your sort of skills are what excites you and what gets you interested and then that that's when you find your kind of niche in the property sector and and where you can add the value to the property or the the opportunity i think you've only started talking about things that get you excited because you've seen what number eight is number eight splitting it into flats well, it's, an, it's a nice, quick, easy, great profit margin, isn't it? Let's be honest. So, And you have experience of this, right? Yeah, we've done quite a lot of projects like this. So we've took properties, not just splitting them into flats, but flats that are, you know, let's talk about a house that's already split into flats and it's on one particular title. What we've done is we've agreed a particular price for the whole unit and then we've split the flats individually and sold them indiv individually. So it's created uh, a value from, uh, from, from nothing really. It's a huge uplift in value. Uh, and it means that you can offer the end buyer potentially a great discount or a great investment opportunity while making a fantastic margin in the middle yourself as well. Are you, would you say in comparison to the other ones on the list that we've already talked about, you're more, you need to be careful of which kind of property that you're getting because you need the layout to work in order for it to split into flats? Yeah, well, again, it depends on what your, your strategy is. So some of the ones that we've looked at are already laid out as flats. You know, if there are walls that need to be moved, you need to also make sure that structurally the property's okay and they can be moved. And it's just making sure that you're doing it properly and not just hoping that you can change the whole 
layout without too much in an ideal situation yeah you can get a floor plan out of the unit without having to move too many walls around that's fantastic it means it's going to be cheaper for you to do quicker for you to do and you can get your profit margin in quicker okay so now we've gone from a light refurb and now the last one on the list is the exact opposite of a knockdown and rebuild yeah so obviously a great way to add value in terms of and i think a lot of this having kind of it's having the vision quite a lot of the times you know people will see an opportunity where you know, a really good example is there's a house on a plot of land and sometimes the house might have some small outbuildings at the side so people can't fully see the opportunity whereas some uh, property investors will see it as a vision where if we take the whole thing down and just look at the plot on whole we could get two or three townhouses or semi-detached or two separate detached properties which is just a fantastic way of making uh, adding value because you, you're doubling the property that's on that piece of land basically so when you're doing something like that and let's say you've got no you don't have much experience of doing any one of these uh, these points that we've listed how would you be sure that you're going to add value what ways can you not only do your figures once but you know get your figures from a different source and and double check them to make sure that you're going to be making making money yeah, I think that one of the key things that we do is we talk to people in the industry. So, you know, if it is going to be a refurbishment, then it's a case of going to estate agents and asking if I had a property in this location at this condition, this size, what would the end value be? Do you have any comparables? And then once you've got a gauge off a couple of agents, you can then take an average. I suppose it comes down to then your risk valuation. Quite often with a risk valuation, you can ask for people to go out and do a value of the property now. But you can also say to them, if I was to spend X amount on the property, what would the end value be? And ask them to comment that in the survey. So it's a great way for you to understand what the Rick Surveyor is expecting or where he feels the ceiling point would be as well. So the last one on the list that I've put on here is how do you choose the right way to add value? And I think that's important uh, that we talk about that because when you talk to estate agents and you get all this data in, the best way for you to make money out of the deal might not necessarily the best way be the best way for you to to do the deal and what I mean by that is thinking about the target market so for instance you could take a bungalow uh, you might get planning permission to knock it down you might build something that in that area just doesn't work and doesn't sell and therefore you don't make your money so thinking about the target market would you then research that in the same way as the finances and talk to talk to local experts yeah exactly and, and again it comes down to what your strategy is as an investor you know if you're looking to convert or build or do something and you're looking to retain the property then it's a case of looking at okay, what is the what's the tenant demand like in the in the area? Is it the type of property that is going to match the type of tenants that we're going to have? Is there a limit on the uh, amount of rent that we can get back in the property? So making sure that we don't go over the top with decoration or furnishings, etc. In the same way, you know, if we're going to convert the property or build a, a new property, as you said quite rightly, is there a demand for bungalows or is there a demand for very large houses? So we have seen sites in the past where the planning's just been completely wrong. So we looked at one in the northeast that was in fairly nice location, but it was on the edge of typically terrace and townhouse properties. And the planning permission was for very large manor type of homes, which just didn't suit the area, didn't have the demand. It wasn't realistic for the end values that they were looking to achieve upon build so unfortunately it wasn't something that we did so obviously here at source we've got a big network of franchisees of property sources so it's pretty straightforward as to how this can help somebody trying to make money out of property but then for, for property sources can this also help this kind of information 
Yeah, from, from property sources. I mean, when we do our training, when we're talking to people, again, it's all about starting off with how we can add value. So a lot of things we've talked about are ways that we can convert things, ways we can build things, you know, knock things down, start again. Property sources maybe aren't looking at those opportunities as much because typically they want to package them and introduce them to uh, investors. So the sort of key areas that I would look at as a property source are, you know, is the property below market value? Because that's adding value to my investors. Is there a way I can do a title split in which, again, it creates new value? So, again, there's, there's an additional bonus there for investors. Is there a development opportunity or con conversion opportunity? So I can sell it as that development or conversion opportunity to an investor to say, okay, you're looking to do something like this. This opportunity, if you structure it in this way, that's what you can do with it. In the same way, joint ventures. So joint ventures are a fantastic way for property sources, not just to get a fee, but have an involvement in the project and get more experience and also generate larger lump sums of cash. And then the final one, probably the most common one in terms of great ways to add values is HMOs. You know, you hear quite often in the market that HMO markets are flooded, yet we still seem to rent them very quickly. We st still have very good demand for them. I think it's more about ensuring that you're presenting the right type of HMO to the client that, in the area that you, you're dealing with. But presenting a HMO opportunity, there's huge demand for that for property sources. So again, a way to add value is this is a house currently, if you do this, 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 and spend this much, then this is the end opportunity as a HMO. And I think that's a, a, a great way to add value. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Steve. Informative as always. Thank you. And now time for the top tip. And to keep it in the theme of the main podcast, which was adding value to property, I'm going to give you a website to go to in which to do your research to find out whether the way that you're thinking of adding value is actually going to make you that money. So the website is called Property Data. It's at www.propertydata.co.uk. Now their analytics of the property market are absolutely fantastic. You can be very, very specific um, or you can go for a much broader approach uh, in terms of the geography that you choose. But definitely head over there, give it a look and see if you can get any really useful stuff out of it because we use it all the time. Thank you for listening to the Sourced Property Podcast. Visit sourced.co to search thousands of investment properties 